You are listening to The Dr. Kinney Show, and I'm your host, Erin Kinney, a naturopathic doctor and speaker who's passionate about teaching you how to understand what is happening in your body, why your body is reacting the way it is, and how to make the appropriate changes in your life to get your body back into balance. Something I've learned from my private practice is that the more patients know about their health, the more likely they are to make better diet and lifestyle choices, which ultimately leads them to a faster recovery. Each week, you are going to learn actionable tips, tricks, and teachings from myself, along with the help of top experts in the holistic health community, so that you can make better informed decisions about your body and your healthcare. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Kinney Show. This week, I'm pleased to have joining me Erica Schlick, who is a certified health coach, blogger, and cookbook author. And she's a really cool journey that she's going to share. We're going to chat about, and I'm so excited to have you on the show to hear about your hear your story. How are you doing? Awesome. Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm excited for for this podcast. Yeah. So maybe you can start by sharing with the listeners your journey, because as I said, you have a really cool one on how nice. you got into the space and what you do now. Sure. Yeah. I'll try to keep it short. It was a long journey, but I'll give you the cliff notes version here. Yeah. 2012, I went on my third camping trip ever of my life. And after that trip, I was never quite the same. I had kind of a flu that would come and go. And after that, all these strange symptoms kind of started creeping in. I started having joint pain and brain fog and became allergic to so many foods. And I developed a few other autoimmune diseases, including celiac disease, alopecia, Hashimoto's. Doctors could not figure out what was wrong with me. So after about two years of, you know, I, I don't want to call them misdiagnosis because I was also diagnosed with them, but they weren't my actual root cause. My doctor finally decided to test me for Lyme disease, which I was actually one of the lucky ones that got diagnosed so soon. And I was CDC positive for Lyme, which is kind of the testing is very inaccurate. So it's pretty rare to get that. So I knew for sure that was what I was dealing with. So once I knew I had Lyme, that kind of started like the second phase of my journey, if you will. I was focused on Lyme. With that, we also uncovered that I also had mold toxicity, heavy metal toxicity, and like a lot of other things going on. So I treated Lyme for about three years, also kind of focusing on detox and things like that. And I kind of hit a plateau. I got to about 60, 65% better, and the treatments just weren't kind of making the same progress anymore. So I knew I had to do something kind of big and drastic. I was considering going to Germany for hyperthermia or doing something else. So I actually ended up going to Germany and doing stem cell therapy using my own stem cells. And it took about 10 months to heal with that, but that was what finally got me into remission. I've been in remission for about five years now. I'm still feeling good. You know, I still deal with like the autoimmune stuff that I have to manage, but that's mostly kind of controlled at this point. You know, mold is still a big trigger. If I go into a building that has mold, that definitely sets off a little bit of an immune and inflammation cascade. But for the most part, I live a pretty healthy, normal life, kind of just keeping up with my my health and maintenance. And yeah, here I am. I'm So now I've kind of evolved I have a blog. I do health coaching. So I help to support people on a similar journey, dealing with Lyme, moles, kind of unknown illness and kind of talking to your doctor about what the right tests to run are to try to uncover what your your root cause might be and also work with people with diet. I have celiac disease thanks to Lyme. I found that diet was a really big part of my journey. So going paleo and eating really nutrient-dense foods, clean foods really helped my inflammation and just feel better. And I ended up writing a cookbook in 2018, kind of encompassing all those recipes to help share that with other people on journeys as well. It's awesome. Thank you for sharing that story. I think it's just, it's so, so nice. And I can, for listeners, if you're listening, you're like, you're struggling, you know, there usually is an answer. You just got to keep digging to find yep. it. And again, you were lucky that you did test so positive to Lyme because sometimes yep. that's not the case. 
I maybe see, I diagnose a lot of Lyme and I maybe see a positive CDC Western blot, like one out of 50 cases. Like it's, it's, it, it does happen, but usually people who have like one or two bands or maybe they don't have any bands at all, but they have some yeah. other markers and they have lots of weird symptoms. Yeah. I love that you shared and that there was also mold and heavy metals. And I'll, maybe you could talk a little bit about if you want to share some of your experience with the connection between those, because it's very common that those are seen together. That Lyme yeah. usually doesn't exist in a vacuum, which is usually not by itself. There's usually, and no. like you shared that your Lyme like triggered another autoimmune. And that's what I think is so interesting about Lyme disease is that, and I always try to explain this to my patients and I'd love to get your take on it too, is that it, it's, it hides from your immune system so well and it'll hide in different tissues and your immune system, like it knows it's there. It's like, I know there's something there and I'm trying to find it. And sometimes while it's doing that, it ends up attacking parts of your own body yep. because it's trying to find and kill the Lyme. But so it can activate it and turn on. I see Lyme being the under underlying root cause of Hashimoto's for a lot of people or rheumatoid arthritis or other other autoimmune type things where, again, there's there's because in my mind, the body doesn't wake up one day and just decide, hey, I'm going to start attacking my joints. Mm. And then I don't like I, those anymore. Like, that's not how we're, what's not what we're designed to do. No, the body is designed to heal. Is not designed to attack itself. Yeah. So, and, I, and then it's almost like when you have this, my patients sometimes are like, whoa, my body's actually been trying to protect me this whole time. I thought mm -hmm. it hated me. It hated itself, but it actually has been trying to kill something that was bothering it or living yeah. there. Yeah. Yep, I totally agree. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting with Lyme, you know, they call it the great imitator and it can have over 300 different symptoms. And I think that's why it makes it so difficult for people, for doctors to diagnose because it's not like one set of symptoms. And I think it really kind of goes to your weakest areas. Like you said, you know, like for some people it goes into your thyroid, which might already be compromised maybe from mold or environmental toxins or something. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's attacking in there and hiding there and you have autoimmunity. Like for me, it was like the celiac disease and like gut issues, you know, and for other people it's RA and the joints. So I definitely feel like it's a huge trigger for a lot of autoimmune conditions, you know, just something that your body and it also... You know, I kind of like think of our immune system and our bodies kind of as a, a bank account almost. Like there's only so much you can take. And at a certain point, it's just going to spill over and your body's not going to be able to handle it anymore. And that's when like the mold comes out or, you know, the Lyme comes out or some other thing. Or other viral infections. Or something. Yeah, 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 exactly. And that, that's so the thing. Like, like yeah, it, I love that you said the bank account. I like to use that analogy or that, that kind of concept a lot. It's like, your body only has a certain budget to keep all those things at bay. And if exactly. you, know, if you if you go through, well, let's say a global pandemic and your stress yeah. goes through the roof, that you yeah. might spend a lot of that energy that it might otherwise have been keeping, particularly the viral space. I feel like, you know, because yeah. Lyme, Lyme is weird. It is a bacteria, technically. I mean, it acts a little bit by a virus, but you can get rid of it. Like, <laughs> you, you can. It, it can sometimes take a long time to be like, there can be some other things. And I think a lot of chronic Lyme stuff I don't know my personal opinion, and I actually would like to hear your opinion because I always am curious what other people think about this. My opinion is that you can get rid of the Lyme bacteria. <laughs> a lot of the chronic Lyme symptoms are because Lyme has weakened or lowered that bank account, if you will. <laughs> and there's all these other things that need to be addressed. Like I find people with Lyme, there's usually several other viral loads that are high. And so when they start <laughs> to get symptomatic, it's like their EBV is reactivating or <laughs> cytomegalovirus or HHV6 or or their mold, you know, whatever they had to do yep. with mold. So I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think mine? No, I agree. I mean, I don't know if you can get rid of every single last Lyme bacteria, but, yeah. you know, I think 
You think you know, sometimes there'll be like a small percent still there? Yeah, but you know, it's interesting. I mean, there's nothing really that kills Lyme. Like even if they give you doxycycline, it's That's just true. for replication cycle so your immune system can kill it. So really, your immune system is the best is what's doing Lyme. it. Yeah. But can your immune system find every single last Lyme bacteria and kill it? I don't well, know. Well, that's a good... That's a good I, would love to, I would love for that to happen. Yeah. But, I think I know. always like to think optimistically about the body. Like, yeah, you can do that. But I, it is interesting, yeah. like symptomatically, like patients with chronic Lyme will, you know, they'll be like, oh, I'm feeling good, but then they sometimes will flare a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard. To, it's hard to say because our testing is not so. It's not super accurate, so it's hard no. to know. Is is that symptom that you're having? Is it because we didn't kill all of it, or is it because yeah. of something else? Yeah. It's a. I always, I always have a hard time when I sit down with someone. I'm like, oh, I think you have Lyme, or or they're asking me to test for Lyme, and I'm like, well, I can't 100 percent tell you that you have it in a lot of cases, and I, but I can't 100 percent tell you that you don't have it. It's just it's a it's a tricky it's a tricky animal to deal with. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I wish, I mean, I think that's one of the biggest things that the Lyme world needs is obviously like more accurate testing, yes. better testing, and definitely education for practitioners as well, because so many doctors don't believe in Lyme or don't want to test for it, or they use the, you know, traditional like ELISA test, which misses 50% of cases. So it's really doing a big disservice. And I think everyone that has an autoimmune condition, anyone that has kind of mystery disease, that should be one of the first tests yes. they do. But even if it's negative, not rule out that you don't. Not rule it out. Yeah. Just yeah. consider it, kind of put it in your back pocket and, you know, explore some other things. But if you're still not making progress, you know, maybe revisit that or do a challenge and do some herbs or something to to kind of wake it up, yeah. trigger it and see yeah. if that worsens or betters or, you know, makes any shift in how you're feeling. Because it's just one of those things you just kind of have to guess and check, <laughs> I feel like, until we have a better test. Well, I like what you said, because I sometimes will have, I'll, I'll get like kind of an ambiguous result back. I'm like, okay, they had several bands and I use a lot of like, immune markers like a cd57 uh, marker or there's a, the complement cascade or there's, yep. there's a couple other things that tell me or tell practitioners like how your immune system is acting um, very very general markers and i've probably talked about these on the show before but they're they they are not technically diagnostic labs but they can give you some information if those are off and you have a couple line bands and you're you've got a lot of weird mystery symptoms it's like in my mind i'm like oh there maybe is something we want to be thinking about but you sometimes the way to like further investigate that is to say, okay, I'm going to put you on a treatment protocol that should make you feel better. Uh -huh. But if you uh -huh. don't, like usually sometimes I'll work on someone's adrenals or work on something else or I work on their thyroid. And if they don't respond at all, that's a big sign to me. Like, okay, something else is that, that that's like pointing heavily to oh, particularly Lyme. Yeah. Because usually and then, Lyme, I find yeah. I'm sure like I feel like people don't respond to their thyroid medication. They don't respond to adrenal treatment. They don't respond to the typical treatment of of other symptoms or other systems being off. Like mm -hmm. because look, their body and I think it like that analogy they use. Their body is so hell bent on trying to find the line that it's like I don't have time for any of these other things. I can't I can't do that right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then one thing to add that to, to you know you could be negative for Lyme disease, but there are so many other co-infections. There's over yes. 300 strains of Lyme well, thank as well. You for that up. Yes. There's like tick-borne relapsing fever, babesia, Bartonella, all these other things that you know, and different strains of Lyme as well that those tests aren't even testing for. So you may not have you know conventional the, Lyme, or, right? Yeah. But you could have one of these other strains or one of these other co-infections that is basically doing the same thing to your body, wreaking havoc on your immune system, hiding from yeah. your immune system, doing all these things, but are you're going to be tested for those things. So yeah. I think that's another thing to keep in mind, you know, when everyone's like, oh, I've been tested for Lyme, I don't have it, but you still have all these symptoms and you're getting worse and they're not going away. Be like, okay, go get, you know, some, go get some more further to, yeah, I've seen a it? huge increase in Rocky Mountain spotted fever in the last two years. Yeah. I don't know if yeah, that's and something that- And relapsing fever here in California up, has, up been as well. has been yeah. really big too. 
Well, that's the thing. I sometimes get patients, particularly yeah, I've got some patients in California, like, oh, we don't have ticks here. I'm like, no, yeah. no, it doesn't matter. There's ticks I got everywhere. It in California. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. You practice in California, so right, like, yeah, it, and it, I got you... it at Yosemite. So, oh, definitely, yeah, there's definitely, definitely ticks. The Bay Area is really bad too. Yeah, like, I mean, there was a study recently. I think that Bay Area Lyme Foundation did. I think like ticks on the coastal areas, like especially oh, wow. like Santa Cruz and like, you know, like some of the northern California coastal areas that there was like ticks in all the high grasses there and it was a very high risk area so you know i have i live here in la and we've our neighbors across the street had a tick on their dog like yeah so they're just everywhere you know birds carry them around squirrels and rodents carry them around like birds are migrating from areas that are highly endemic so you know to think that oh there's no ticks here i'm never gonna get it here is a really naive thought and you know they're so tiny they're the size they can be the size of a poppy seed and like most people don't even see it or you know like they like to feed in your scalp or your armpit or your groins and like you already have darker hair there generally so like yeah you, you might not notice it yeah and, like only 50 percent of people they say get, get a rash. rash yeah so you may never know that you even got bit yeah and then you know start having these weird symptoms and you know like me i'm like i'm a total city person like how would i have one i've gone camping three times in my life like yeah like three nights total in my whole life probably yeah. you know and like how did i get it so well, it's, and um, there's more there's common also, than people like to think. It is more common than people like to think. I I sometimes like laugh. At, I'm like, I, how is it? I I wanted to go into core. I love hormone. You know, when I first okay. was like, oh, when I go to practice, I love thyroid and I love, you know, I love adrenal stuff and I love, you know, balancing women's hormones. But mm-hmm. I test for so many infectious diseases because so many women come in and they they've tried all these treatments to get their yeah. their thyroid medication doesn't work there, and they like they know they have a thyroid condition, but we end up yeah. finding out. But the reason why their hormones can't get into balance is because their body's spending all this energy trying to fight an infection. And I've talked about this a lot. I've had several other episodes where I talk about like the importance of looking at infectious stuff when you have hormonal imbalance. Not that it's the cause for all of those cases, but it's it can be a big one, particularly if you're not responding to like if you've tried that, you know, the normal things that tend to work to get your hormones into balance. But back to what you're saying that you don't think that you can completely like that your body maybe can't completely get rid of it and that your immune system is a shock. Sometimes I've had cases where people are like, I would 100% know I haven't had a tick bite since I was like five. There's no way I've had this since I was five. I only got sick two years ago. Like, well, maybe your body dealt with 90% of it, you know, or you took a course of antibiotics at some point in your life. But Maybe there was a little bit and now you lived in a moldy house or you went through a stressful time or you got Epstein-Barr virus or something else happened, which allowed the Lyme to replicate, you know, to kind of come out. So, which makes it an even more difficult thing to diagnose because if people are like, no, I've never had a tick bite. Most doctors are like, oh, I'm not going to check for that. Yeah. But I think it's... And even if they do, they may not even test positive because most of the tests are antibody tests anyway. So your immune system has to be healthy and strong enough to even be making antibodies yeah, you're looking for it. Like half the time you may have it in your immune system is so cached from like dealing yep. with all these things that it's not it's not even able to like make antibodies. It's not mounting the response, right? Exactly. So and that's a great point. Like a lot of times people do come up either with zero bands or like you you know test positive because our tests look at the body's response, not at the that's actual bacteria level. Going back that's to like and I know there are a couple of labs that do test, but they're very, very expensive, and yeah. you know, I, I think they're they're questioned a little bit more in the medical field. So it becomes a little yeah. bit tricky depending on what kind of practitioner you're working with. Like if you bring one of these kind of more out of the box labs, but I hope that but, uh, I hope that we get more testing available. Yeah, because it would be nicer to have because I think so many people, particularly in the past couple of years, I don't know if you've seen an increase. I'm I just sure. feel like because of all the stress and COVID being a big viral, a big like immune zap that you know steals yeah. that energy that we've talked about. 
you know, a lot of Lyme cases, I think, have gotten reactivated. Or and I wonder gone. how many people with long hauler issues actually have underlying Lyme. Yes. I know there's one doctor that I'm connected to, and she started getting a lot of long hauler patients, and she started testing them all for tick-borne diseases, and they were all coming up positive. And, you know, you start seeing these people, they're saying that they're having POTS issues and, yep. like, heart issues and all these symptoms and brain fog and the fatigue. And you're like, that sounds exactly that sounds like Lyme. Like Lyme. Like, or if they get COVID and it woke up Lyme and they already yep. have that and their immune system was just kind of keeping it at bay and they were functioning. And then all of a sudden something just yeah. overloaded their system and yeah. it all, you know. Yeah. On a positive note, I did have one patient. I just thought I'd share this story because I thought this yeah. is cool. I had a patient with pretty bad chronic Lyme and we've been treating it for maybe a year or two and she would kind of get better and then, you know, she'd get sick again. And it, we were kind of always like, it was like, we'd get her immune system up to a place and then her immune system would take a dip. She got COVID really bad early on. I think it was a fall of 2020 and she had a fever, like an 103 or 104 fever for almost 10 days. Wow. And she has been 100% better since then. Like no wow. Lyme. It's been almost two huh. years, no Lyme symptoms. She kind of like built-in hyperthermia. <laughs> exactly. No, and it was so interesting. She That's could never mount a fever before. Wow. So like her immune system was so weak. And granted, this is not always this case, but but this, you know, and I know there are some treatment facilities for Lyme. I don't, which one did, did you go to the one in Germany? You said that you went, you did I did stem, stem cells in Germany, but yeah, they have the hyperthermia in they Germany. They have the hyperthermia. I've had a patient yep. go there before. And, you know, basically our fever is our body's way that we yep. kill off infection. And so she, yep. her body naturally in COVID, like, she's so grateful for COVID. She's like, COVID <laughs> saved my life. I'm like, well, that's really cool. Ah, that's like, cool. That's and nice I've had twist. a couple other patients that have told me that they never got fevers. And then when they got COVID, I actually, I don't, I rarely get fevers. And I had like 104 fever when wow. I had COVID. And Talk on wood, I, I haven't was, gotten it yet. <laughs> oh, good. Well, that's great. I was kind of like, wow, like I was able to mount a response. That's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Like, and I've had then. fevers a couple of times since then. So I, like, so, you know, granted, I don't wish COVID on anyone. I don't think anyone should get it. But I think if your immune system is able to mount a strong fever response, that means it has a lot of energy. That means yeah. it like, can go in. And it might, because when we are- Maybe because it was such a new disease. Or, like, I, I think maybe, cotter, maybe that spike protein just makes people's immune systems go crazy. Yeah. Yep. So anyways, I, I was just, I thought, I'd, I thought I'd share that story. That's really cool. This, yeah, it's been interesting. Because body just temperature miss. is so important to, you know, for keeping bacteria and viruses from living in you. Like- one of the reasons I'm so I'm so like big on thyroid, you know, treating people's thyroids is so many women or men have low body temperature, like their body okay. temperature went up like 97. That's and, me. I cannot get my body temperatures to up. Yeah. Still. Well, so and, and, and thyroid, what is it? Well, yeah, and it's it can be thyroid and adrenals. And if your body temperature is 97, like that's the that's the temperature 98.6 is what we're supposed to be at. That's the temperature yeah. at which most viruses and bacteria can't survive. Yeah. So if we're a little bit lower, then you're much more susceptible to things. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, it, it can be a it can be a thyroid, it can be a mixture of thyroid and adrenals, thyroid. it can be just an adrenal thing. But yeah, I, I find that when we can get finally work to get that up, and that's you know, cold therapy or cold and warm therapy can sometimes be helpful. Like not old, but it's interesting that you had that as well. I, I see that oh, in a lot of my patients that have had Lyme or had. I don't I don't actually know the research on what mold does to body temperature, but I would bet that it probably like lowers it, it a little it down bit. a little bit yeah. too. Yeah, absolutely. Just because of yeah. how, how those things are all connected. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mold is mold is a tough one. No, <laughs> mold is a, a topic for a whole other thing. Yeah, it is a, mold is terrifying. I've, yeah, mold is a mold, but it's it it is interesting. So many people that have all the stuff we've been talking about. Usually, then, mold has been in there at some point. You know, like yeah. molds. Mold it weakens your immune system. Absolutely, bad molds. And then, bad molds. And then you know, of course, there's like thirty percent of the population that has like the HLA DR gene, which 
you know, is more susceptible to Lyme, more susceptible to mold and like all the different kind of MSH hormones and everything that go along with that. So, you know, if you have that, your body's not even able to just kind of package it as like, this is a toxin, get it out. Yeah. It's just in there recirculating your immune system and body are working, trying to get it out, but it never gets out. So you've got that going on overdrive and then all of a sudden you get a tick bite or a virus and all these other things and it's like, ah, too much. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Can't keep up anymore. Yeah. And just really start kind of breaking down. They try to keep up as much as possible, but you know, that's when you have all those debilitating symptoms and don't yeah. have the energy to take a shower, don't have the energy to get out of bed, can't think, and like, you know, it really shuts your body down. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty crazy. So if you're listening and this is freaking you out, don't be don't be freaked out because the good news is so maybe we should start to talk about Pongrex. <laughs> so I have to be careful. And I, I know a lot of my listeners have to so don't worry. There there is help. You can get better. There's hope. <laughs> And maybe we can talk about some of your favorite ways. Like if someone comes to you and they've got working with some of this stuff, what, the, where, do you, where do you start with them? You know, I think testing is a good baseline just to kind of see exactly what you're working with, like getting some of those better labs, you know, seeing if maybe more of your issue is mold illness or environmental toxins, which are really a big, big issue right now, too. Or is it Lyme? So then you can kind of gear what you're going to spend your money on and what you're going to spend your energy doing. You know, for Lyme, I personally never took antibiotics. I did everything from a more natural kind of holistic approach. So really working on like supporting my body, supporting my detox pathways, you know, making sure that my body is working correctly, using herbals, doing different IVs like ozone and, you know, minerals and detox and things like that. And I feel like working on your gut, obviously, too. And I think that those things are also foundational and important. And at the end of it, you're going to be stronger, more resilient. You're going to be building that bank account instead of just, I think a lot of times people that focus with antibiotics and it works for some people which is amazing like whatever works you got to do but i feel like that focuses too much on killing and if you're not really? addressing some of those other things you're just gonna yeah. constantly be on this kill cycle so yeah you know like working more holistically i think there's a lot of things that we can do for ourselves too like nervous system regulation you know dnrs can work really well for some people or doing like heart rate variability to kind of just like calm your body and nervous system response diet is a huge one too i couldn't believe how much changing my diet helped me for the better and change it. And that's something that you have full control over, you know, taking charge of. So there's a lot of things like that, you know, just trying to work as holistically as possible. Yeah. I think that, I think that's, an, and that's a good, and I'll maybe like touch on this a little bit. I think, I think it's definitely important that you're working with one or a couple of practitioners to kind of help, help you with the diagnosis um, and help you figure out what's going to be the best plan of action for you. Yeah. I find in practice there are some cases where symptoms are so bad and if they have a positive, you know, that we do need to do some killing, but we also yep. have to admit you cannot do that alone. Like you cannot just uh, take antibiotics and think you're going to be fixed, particularly nope. if you've got mold and viral, like if there's other things like the, yep. the foundational stuff has to be worked on, like the diet, sunlight, sleep, exercise, <laughs> the, the basics, which will help you with it. They're going to help you. As you said, they make you stronger. They make your life better. And then, you know, like we talked about gut support and I find like yeah. adrenal support is really important. And sometimes when my patients come in yeah. and they're like already like if they're if their system and their energy is decimated and they don't feel good, like as you know, like Lyme treatment can be tough sometimes. Like sometimes you get a little worse when you're killing stuff. So sometimes I find we work to try to like build the system up a little bit and then we use okay. whatever. And that might be in a, sometimes antibiotics is the right choice. Sometimes it's yep. not the right choice. Sometimes there's yep. herbal protocols, or as you said, there's a really great I, IV medicine can be amazing for killing then, Lyme or any of the tick-borne mm -hmm. things like ozone, or I really like high dose vitamin C, yep. which just, like knocks everything out and also like really helps with the herxing or, or stuff because it's just such a good antioxidant. So there, there are a lot of different right. options and treatments and 
But I, again, and this is something I harp on like almost every episode is find a practitioner that knows what they're doing, who can help guide uh, you through this. Clearly, you've got tons of resources and have been a lot of experience. Yeah. So, and I like it. Sometimes it takes a team of people, right? Like sometimes you might Absolutely. need someone like yourself. You might need like the line literate doc. You might need like yep. a coach. I think the more support you can get, the better, right? And the faster Absolutely. you're going to get to where you want to be. Yeah. And, you know, I, even in my own journey, like I felt like I plateaued with like certain practitioners. Like yeah. I did everything that they had in their toolkit to kind of help me and be like, okay, you helped me, but I kind of plateaued to be like, what else is my next step? And then working with different practitioners or working with them at the same time, you know, obviously not overlapping and conflicting treatments, but like yeah. if one person specializes in mold and one's like more yes. like form of health, like kind of, you know, work together yeah. based on their specialty. Yeah. Which can um, then, be a you know, really beautiful thing to do. And I think sometimes patients are like, and I get this question, they're like, well, I want to see you and this other doctor. Does that, is that going to, and like, yeah, like it's great. And have a, have the doctor, okay. have the, have your care team communicate, have them chat. Yep. Like, and you know, like you said, don't have, like, don't, if the protocol, if you're trying to see one doctor for the same thing and you have conflicting protocols, yeah. that will be overwhelming. Make sure exactly. that you are very clear with your practitioner. Hey, I'm working with this person on killing the Lyme. I'm here to work with you about X, Y, Z. And if you're very exactly. clear about this stuff, I think it, you can get amazing results, like mm-hmm. working with, with your team. Yeah, right. absolutely. And then, yeah, and then, you know, with doctors, it's like you see them once every three months for 30 minutes, so you can leave a little bit overwhelmed. So that's where I kind of come in, like doing the coaching and supporting yes. clients, especially since I've kind of been through it. So if people need that extra support, you know, working with a coach or working with someone that's like a little bit more cost effective, but understands what you're going through, it can help you kind of manage those day to days and, you know, yeah. stay on your protocol or when things come up, you know, how to kind of support you in that. Yeah, well, that that's awesome. So where, and, and you work with people virtually, right? Yep, virtually. So I can work with you anywhere in the world, basically. That's <laughs> amazing. On time, so of and where's, we'll time. where's the best place for people to find you? They can find me on my website. It's thetrailtohealth.com. And then I'm on Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, socials, all the socials. She's the on all the places. So we'll, we'll put all your, all, your sh- all your links in the show notes. Um, so yeah, I think, and again, you guys know, I talk about this like every episode, find somebody to work with that you click with, that right. you like, that you you know feel your nervous system feels safe with. But particularly if you're struggling with Lyme mold or these things we've talked about today, it can it can be a you know, it could be a journey. Like it's definitely, or like you said, or a trail. It's, it's definitely yeah. like, I love that. No, no, absolutely. It's out. a trail to help it's a, for it's sure. It's a trail to help. And it, it might take a while. That's the other thing. Like, you know, this is, if, if you're dealing with Lyme, it's not like you're going to feel better after, you know, maybe if you get get the tick bite and you take antibiotics, like, you know, two weeks later, immediately. maybe yeah. immediately. But in a yeah. lot of cases, if it's been building for a long time or if there's some other things going on, it, it might be a little bit of a journey, which you're going to want someone <laughs> to help to help support you through that journey. Absolutely. And someone who knows what they're doing too and, and who believes you, I think is the other big uh-huh. thing because I think a lot of people uh-huh. get written off. Oh, you're fine. You're distressed or you're yes. just... Or you're loved or perfect. There's nothing wrong with you. Yeah, you don't have lines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a couple of those. Oh, yeah. 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 When you feel that bad and hey. like, like, here's an antidepressant for you. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your journey This and for this chat. It was a really, really Absolutely. great chat. Clearly, you're super knowledgeable about this and I think you're a great resource. So listeners, if you're struggling, definitely go go check Eric out and we'll put everything in the show notes. And thank you again for being on the show. Yeah, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Dr. King Show. Be sure to follow the show and leave a rating and a review. It supports me so much. Plus, I always love hearing from you guys. Thanks so much for tuning in and I'll talk to you next week.